Good morning and welcome to today's podcast where we are talking to Jenny Smith with Simplified Lifestyle Coaching. Jenny's here to talk all things nutrition and functional medicine as well as intermittent fasting and we even give some tips on new foods to incorporate into the diet for women in their 40s and 50s. So Jenny's here to share her story as she moved from social work and a career in educational counseling to now working with women in functional medicine and nutrition. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast today. We're so happy to have you. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. So let's dive right in and maybe start with your backstory, if you wouldn't mind. Kind of give us a general overview of what led you to do the work that you're doing today. Yeah. Um, to kind of summarize it, I ended up getting into health and wellness through my own personal experiences. Um, I lost my both of my parents at a young age. My mom was 52 when she passed away from breast cancer. And six years later, I lost my dad at the age of 61 from a massive heart attack. And his heart attack was a result of kidney failure from unmanaged type two diabetes. Oh my goodness. So I have a background in um, the helping profession. So I did social work education. And then my family and I moved to Arizona. We relocated in 2017. And I was working in education um, when I lost my dad. And when we moved here, I told my husband, I said, I just want to be a stay-at-home mom for a little while, um, just to get our bearings here, figure out the doctors, volunteer at the kids' school, do all the, the things that I wanted to do. And so in that time was really um, the, the time where I took to learn more about my health and to take and to put myself first because I had the time both of my kids were in school I was listening to all these podcasts and then I ended up reading a book called deep nutrition by Dr. Kate Shanahan and in the book she talks about our blood sugar and that if your fasting blood sugar is above 90 you are on your way to prediabetes which was like oh well I got to test that because you know diabetes runs in my family Mm -hmm. um So I tested my blood sugar and it was pretty high and it set like alarm bells off for me. And I went to my endocrinologist and had her do all the testing. And she said, oh, your A1C is 5.6. And I said, oh my gosh, well, 5.7 is pre-diabetic. And I said, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, that's too close. Like, what can I do? And she goes, oh, well, you're fine. You don't have to worry about it right now. Just, you know, exercise and, and eat right. And that did not sit well with me. And so I ended up finally pulling, you know, taking the plunge to functional medicine, which is, um, out of pocket, like insurance doesn't cover it. And when I went to functional medicine, the whole experience was just life-changing. I had never felt more valued by a medical professional and I just loved it. And I, I was already in a fork in the road. Do I go into education here in Arizona? Do I get licensed and become a licensed therapist. And I just kept thinking about how our health impacts our mental health in so many ways. And that's when I decided to go back to school and get certified in functional medicine, health coaching. So that's what led me to doing the work I'm doing today. Great. So I have a lot of questions. I wanted to, um, I want, I do want to talk a little bit more about kind of 
physicians giving a blanket statement like, oh, we'll just exercise and, and eat well. Well, if everybody were able to do that and, and have great results, then everyone would be in perfect optimal health, right? Mm-hmm. So I will get back to that. Um, but I wanted to ask you first, just to kind of uh, go back in your story a little bit, you were in social work and educational counseling. Can mm-hmm. you talk about that experience a little bit? I worked in inner city schools for a while through a grant program with my university faculty job. And mm-hmm. I loved the job. I was working with um, second language learners and doing some teacher training. But yeah, um, I always said at that point, my job was like 80% advocacy for, for the kids. So I complete, and I worked a lot with the the school counselors and social workers. So if mm-hmm. you could maybe share a little bit about that experience and the impact that that had on you and, and on your stress levels as well. Oh gosh. Yeah. So right out of college, I was 23. I got hired on with the Los Angeles County department of children and family services. So I was the social worker that was the case manager for the family, making sure that the parents were doing what they needed to do to reunify with their children. Um, And if they were not eligible for unification for whatever reason, um, then I had to look for long-term placement, work with foster parents, adoptive parents. Um, And then I went, I did that for a few years and then I transitioned to emergency response social work where I was the one that investigated the child abuse mm. referrals and had to knock on the doors and just investigate the allegations that were made. Um, I was young. I was not a mom yet. And I, I just knew in my soul that this wasn't a job I could do as a parent and God bless all my coworkers. Yeah. They're angels on earth. Cause it is not an easy job it's a pretty thankless job because we are seen as the enemy going in, um, making the decisions. Um, so I, I really loved it in the beginning, but I felt myself getting burnt out and I knew that I couldn't do the crazy hours because we can get a referral at four fifty and yeah. be out till midnight. Right. And I couldn't do that as a mom. So I went back to school and got certified or got, um, my master's in educational counseling because I wanted a job that would be flexible with, you know, having my kids same schedule, the time off, all of that. So that was my intent for, for doing school counseling. And I loved working with kids. Um, so I did that for a couple of years and then I got pregnant with my daughter. Um, and my mom had already passed away. My dad was working and I, I was hired in as a junior high school counselor under a grant and I couldn't get enough time off. I, I was actually only given three weeks off after I gave birth to her. So the thought of putting her in childcare with a stranger as a brand new baby, I couldn't do it. So I let it go. I let that job go. And everyone's like, I can't believe you did that. We're all fighting for these jobs and you just gave it away. But to me, it just, I, I just couldn't do it. And so I ended up staying home for probably about a year with her. And then somebody that I worked in the schools got in touch with me at the community college. And so that's how I ended up in the community college system and then was working part-time with them and then transitioned to academic advisor part-time in the community college system. And that's what I was doing before we moved here. Yeah, I can relate to a lot of that as well. I was, um, I have three boys and I was always fully committed despite my career that they came first Mm -hmm. and it's really tough being a mom and even tougher being a really good mom who, who wants to, to do um, what their kids need as well. It's really hard to, to do that as a working mother. Mm-hmm. Um, 
things do have a way of working out. And I think we all end up where we're supposed to be at some point. Yeah. So transitioning from the full-time work to being a full-time mom, once you moved, that can come with a lot of emotional challenges. At least that was um, my experience as well. Just not necessarily transitioning to stay at home mom, but transitioning between careers. Um, what were some of the feelings and, and some of the challenges that that transition posed for you? Yeah, something that that always, something that I internally struggled with always. My mom was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and too. she was a good mom. But I saw, especially once I started college, was taking all these psychology courses, I saw how she kind of lost herself in that role mm-hmm. and she didn't really fulfill her passion. She had her passions, but she, she didn't get to those. Yeah. So for me, it was always in the back of my mind, especially when we moved to Arizona, I can't do this forever. Like I have to have my own thing. Yeah. So I was always feeling torn. I was feeling, you know, um, damned if I went to work and damned if I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was the biggest struggle for me. So I always felt guilty if I was at work and guilty if I was home. <laughs> yeah. Like so many women do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guilt and all kinds of, of other emotions play into it. And then there's the whole other topic of jumping back into your career. Once you have been home for a while presents a whole other set of challenges. Yes. So you learned a lot about self-care in the years that you were home with your kids. I wanted to kind of really get into that and into the details of that now. Um, tell us what you yeah. did to kind of explore all of that. Um, yeah. So I always was someone who worked out mm-hmm. and always thought that I ate really well. Um, and it wasn't until I started learning more about food as medicine, um, how the food we eat truly impacts our physical health, our mental health. Um, and going through functional medicine, I cut out a lot of things and just started actually feeling better. So I was on antidepressants off and on. Um, and that was what happened to me. I went to my conventional doctor. I was here. I wasn't working. I wasn't under a lot of stress. This was like the first year we were here. And I went to my doctor and just was bawling. I was in counseling. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. I have no reason to be sad. You know, my husband has a great job. We've made friends. I'm, I don't have the stress of work. Um, so it's, it was then that I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, Oh, well, have you tried antidepressants? And I said, yes. And some of them have worked and some haven't. And he prescribed me another pill and it didn't help. And that's, that was right before I went to functional medicine. And when I started fueling my body with clean foods, learning how to balance my blood sugar, which is huge. Um, I really started to feel better and had way more energy because that's what was happening with me. I was crashing at three o'clock in the afternoon, wanting to take a nap. Like, why am I tired? <laughs> yeah. So um, it was it was at that point that I, I realized food is medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just really f- making sure that we are getting prioritizing sleep and reducing our stress and moving our body and just eating the right foods. And so learning to balance my blood sugar and to get my A1C down 
was top priority for me. And so that's why that's my niche right now is helping women because nobody really talks about that. Mm-hmm. You go to the doctor and they test your fasting blood glucose. And if it's under a hundred, you're fine. But what, what we don't realize is that our insulin can be going up and up and up and up for up to 10 years before it affects our fasting blood glucose. So we really need to get to the root of that. Like that is the root of so many diseases, so much um, physical symptoms that we're experiencing. Yeah, I agree. And I've done a lot of research into blood sugar and intermittent fasting in particular too, to try to control it. Um, So it's amazing when you actually kind of study that and realize the impact that it has just on your everyday energy levels as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It can make a big change. So as far as blood sugar balance, um, I wanted to kind of insert this question. What is an example? I think readers and, and listeners would love to to hear this. Um, maybe you could take us through a day of eating. Like, what would you? What do you eat on a typical day to kind of keep your blood sugar balanced? As an example, yeah. Um, so you mentioned intermittent fasting. I do fast. I usually fast sixteen hours minimum. Um, I do recommend everyone at least fast a minimum of 12 hours. So if you're a midnight snacker, that's not good for your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually break my fast with high protein, high, uh, fat fiber, um, and usually no carbohydrates. So if someone were to do carbohydrates, I just recommend like, um, a more natural carb, like sweet potato, uh, quinoa, things like that. But I'll usually have two or three eggs, I'll cook that in a grass-fed butter or avocado oil, coconut oil you can use as well, saute um, spinach and mushrooms in there. And that usually fills me up Mm -hmm. Um, or just putting a lot of um, fat, protein, fiber in a shake. I'll do that sometimes too, or sometimes I'll skip breakfast. And if you have blood sugar, um, stabilization that you can get through breakfast without being like famished. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, then for lunch, I always, I'm a creature of habit. I think it's just easy. And if I, yeah, if I don't have leftovers from the night before to eat like dinner leftovers, I'll eat a salad with protein, usually ground beef, um, chicken, um, what else do I put on there? Hard boiled eggs. If I don't have eggs mm-hmm. for breakfast and for dinner, it just depends. So I, for a long time was making my own meals because I had the time to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because the family has kind of transitioned the husband, not necessarily the kids. The kids are still pretty picky. I have a 13 year old and a 10 year old. My 13 yeah. year old is very particular about the food sheets. <laughs> so it just depends. I'll try to do something. Um, protein, vegetables, always vegetables and some sort of carb. And I'm a sweet potato fanatic. I love sweet potatoes or like cauliflower rice. I'll add to just, um, get that carby feel, even though it's vegetables or uh, spaghetti squash. Do you have a Trader Joe's where you live? I do, but it's, it's really almost 40 minutes away. It's right next to where my sister lives. So whenever I go and see her, I go there, but I, I have written to Trader Joe's saying, please open one near me. I love that store. Well, I went yesterday and they have hearts of palm rice. 
They have hearts oh. and palm noodles. Really? And they have spaghetti squash noodles, but it's like, um, it's like packed, dehydrated packed. So you oh. just put it in boiling water and it's so quick and easy. And I would that's love to try thing. that. I feel like women think it's so hard to cook healthy meals. Like it takes so much time and it really doesn't. You just yeah. have to get creative and plan accordingly. I always meal plan on Sundays mm-hmm. um, and do my shopping throughout the week. And I prep at least two days a week for, to make sure I have the food in there, because if we don't have the food in there, it's going to be so much easier to go grab the quick grab something else. Easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. We eat a very similar diet. I'm gluten-free because I have to be, but, um, so I'm always looking for different you know, alternatives to get some kind of a pasta type of feel, but yeah. now you can get like the chickpea pasta, even that's really high mm-hmm. protein. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I also do some fasting too. Um, I started working with a nutritionist as well, even though I, I felt that I've always eaten pretty healthy. Um, doing this podcast introduced me to a nutritionist in my area. And oh. I've been working with her ever since. It's been really nice, like throughout the right. fall. And she gives me a lot of different websites and recipes. And I, I almost feel like it's more meal planning for, for me now. It's great. I just sign on and then I know what I'm having for the week. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then I would encourage um, women to stop eating three hours before bed. Oh, for sure. For yeah. Sure. Because if we eat too close to bed, then our body spends more of the time digesting the food versus, versus like the restoration that needs to happen when we're sleeping. Absolutely. My husband has even stopped doing that just recently in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he was always a nighttime eater. So it's been kind of funny to watch him going through trying to fast yeah. and stop eating at night. So let's talk about what functional medicine is, because I don't think everybody understands mm-hmm. what that is. In fact, I think a lot of people don't, if you could maybe just describe what that is. Yes. So how they differ from conventional medicine, um, is they are, they are licensed trained practitioners. So they're usually MDs already or nurse practitioners, physical therapists, and they decide that they want to go get more training in more functional medicine, um, approaches. So they go to Institute for functional medicine for training. And basically they look at the human body as a whole systems approach. So let's say we have ear infections or we're having sinus stuff going on they're going to look at what's going on in your whole body that might be causing that symptom to arise. And it could stem from gut imbalances or food sensitivities versus if you go to a conventional medicine doctor, they have specialists. So they have ENTs that are trained in ear, nose, and throat, and they're just going to focus on this area of the body and they will treat that only that area only versus looking at it as it could be a whole stem from a root cause from something else going on in the environment, in the food you're eating, what's happening in your body, any food sensitivities. So it's very different. Um, Conventional medicine, and you may notice when you go to your regular doctor, that's insurance-based practices. And I'm not bashing those doctors because it's, it's out of their control. They are trained to look at our symptoms and target which pharmaceutical is going to help with that symptom. It's Mm -hmm. very rare that they prescribe lifestyle changes or food to help that. And where functional medicine doctors, they start with that first lifestyle changes, food changes, supplementation, um, and then they'll prescribe medication. So it's not like they're against medication. It's usually a last resort 
versus where conventional medicine is first resort. Functional medicine, because they're not governed by insurances, insurance companies, they can spend an hour with you where conventional doctors are only allotted a 15 minutes maybe. Yeah. And then they have to spend so much time charting everything to the insurance companies. Um, right. so functional Completely medicine backwards. is a lot more. Yeah. I would say, I would say functional medicine is more, uh, patient centered. Mm-hmm. Um, conventional medicine is more, oh gosh, I can't think of the word. It's just, it's more kind of insurance companies. Like yeah. Senate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it definitely is. I've been lucky to have an endocrinologist who she is a, you know, it's conventional medicine, but I really feel like she acts as more of a functional med- uh, medicine doctor because mm-hmm. she has been able to really spend time and, and look at things more holistically. So, yeah, I think doc- um, DOs can do that too, spend more time with, mm-hmm. with you as well. And I found an OBGYN that my insurance takes, but she's also functional medicine trained. Oh, very nice. Yeah. 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 Okay. So today you're helping other women to mm-hmm. kind of find some more balance and get their lives and their health on track. So can you talk about how you're doing that, what services you're offering and and who are the women who are coming to you? Yeah. So I would say the women that are coming to me are, I would say midlife, 40, fifties, where what they have tried in the past isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really stems from you know, root cause, just getting our blood sugar balanced, which then in turn affects all of our other hormones. And this is the age where women start to see that where they're getting the extra weight around the waist that they can't lose, um, that they've are just not getting any answers from the doctors. Kind of like my experience, they were just told, well, you know, it's just normal to feel this way as you age, which it's not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so the women I, I help are the women that are tired and frustrate, frustrated with that piece of it. They've, what they've tried in the past isn't working anymore. Um, and I help the women that are motivated to do something different. And so I offer a one-on-one coaching program right now. I have plans to look into course development, but right now I currently only offer, um, one-on-one coaching and that's all online. And we do this over zoom and I offer a three month coaching package and a six month coaching package. And something new that I introduced is, um, a food analysis log. Mm -hmm. I do a 10 day journal with, I have someone do a 10 day food log of everything that they put in their mouth, everything they drink, everything they eat and the time that they're eating. Um, and then I review that and then schedule a 90 minute appointment with them to kind of go over all the things that they're doing and offer suggestions. So I'm not a nutritionist or dietitian, so I don't create meal plans. Mm -hmm. That's out of my scope of practice. However, I can offer alternatives um, that will support making sure that the blood sugar is balanced, that will support their goals of maybe wanting to lose weight or to sleep better um, or just to have more energy overall. Um, just incorporating the time that they're eating, making sure that they have enough time of fasting, that they are getting enough vegetables and fiber and healthy fats. I mean, so many people are afraid of fats still, I which know. is yeah. such a surprise. Um, and then the women I work with, I've been finding they're just not eating enough vegetables. Yeah. And I so think that's that, really true. Very common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's 
just kind of a summary of what I'm doing. And I just recently started working with a naturopath um, in her office that I'm excited about. So I'm hoping to, you know, get more experience in that avenue as well, coming from the patient perspective. Well, good. Sounds exciting. And we will get to where um, we can find you online as a a last question. But before that, just two other questions that I ask everyone I interview. The first one is throughout this journey, and that can be any aspect of your journey, what would you say has been your greatest challenge? And then on the flip side of that, your greatest joy? So my greatest challenge is um, my own internal struggles of self-doubt. I really, really struggled with, I have a master's degree. I should be, I should be using my master's degree and stick with educational counseling. However, it wasn't my passion and Mm -hmm. I knew that. And so it took me probably a year before I took the plunge into getting the certification, um, because of fear and doubt. So that has been a big challenge. And even now, as you probably can relate to being a business owner, which I never in a million years thought this is what I would be doing. Just the doubt, like, can I do this? Like, am I going to be able to run a business? Yeah. Um, So that's been the biggest challenge. And every day it's just kind of like making sure I'm surrounding myself with people that are going to inspire and encourage. So important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I find this whole new connect um, network of, I found a whole new network of, of women um, people in general, but a, a lot of women that I've met just through this business, it's, it's been amazing. And, and you meet the right people when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you yeah. can kind of feel that really on a soul level. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. And then any books, as you can see behind me, um, you know, I love books. I'm always reading and I like to refer books to our listeners as well. So any books either on functional medicine or on holistic health, anything in general that you have found helpful? Um, yes, the books I would say start, and I always give my clients these books. Um, well, this book in particular is Dr. Hyman's book, food. What the heck should I eat? (laughs) It is really easy to read. He goes over every single food group and cause it could be overwhelming. When you go to the grocery store, you see pasture-raised eggs, cage-free mm-hmm. eggs, um, grass-fed eggs, which yeah. we know, you know, chickens don't eat grass, they eat insects. Um, right. You know, it's, it can be so overwhelming. So he kind of breaks it down easily on what you should be eating. Um, and then another book that I love for blood sugar balance and mm-hmm. just understanding your blood glucose is, um, glucose revolution. Oh, okay. And it's by a scientist. Her name is Jesse and I'm going to butcher it. It's in Okay. Um, she just, she goes over like how the foods that we eat and she wears a blood glucose monitor, um, or a continuous glucose monitor. Like I have on my mm-hmm. arm, I wear it so you could scan it and see how the foods impact your spike. And so she talks about kind of how to hack those spikes so that they don't surge and to keep it stable. Um, and again, a very easy read. So I, just to get the foundations of it, um, I think are good sources for your listeners. If you are anything like me, you love to read, but we don't always have time to sit and spend the time reading that we'd love to because our schedules are busy while I'm out walking or I'm at the gym or even taking long car rides. 
I now use Audible to listen to a lot of the books that I love. I'm currently reading a book on boundaries, one of the subjects that has come up in these interviews, and I've read all different genres, but particularly my self-help books are my go-tos for Audible. So if you'd like to join Audible, you can listen while you walk as well. Go to the link I have in the show notes and you'll see how you can easily sign up for a free trial. Audible has been an amazing tool for me in my health and wellness journey, and I hope you can find that it's useful for you as well. Great. And a book I would, somebody suggested um, another functional medicine specialist that I interviewed close to a year ago, uh, Staying Alive in Toxic Times. I don't know if you've read this one by um, Jenny Goodman, Dr. Jenny Goodman. I've actually, I found this was really good. We used this for the month of January, I think last year in my Facebook group when we were looking at different themes each month, but I just happened to have it here because I pick it up and I'm still kind of reading through it. I'll have to read it. Yeah. And then really quick, you said, I didn't get to the, what brings me joy. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Yes. No, okay. <laughs> I just didn't want to miss this part because honestly, the women that I've been working with is what, is what fuels me. It's, yeah. it's what, um, just reiterates the fact that I made the right decision because they, and it's just simple changes. Like you probably notice this Carrie, with your diet and some of the things that you've changed with going gluten-free Um, It doesn't have to be complicated, which Mm -hmm. is why I named my business simplified lifestyle, because it can be so overwhelming and don't know where to start, but just women who are just drinking more water or prioritizing sleep or just adding more veggies are noticing a huge difference in how they feel. Mm -hmm. And that's what brings me joy. That's what is just, I know that this is my purpose in being able to help women live their healthiest life so that they're around a long time. And just watching my parents, um, their lives on this earth cut short is what empowers me and fuels me to just live my healthiest me for my kids. Great. So I know there are some who will want to connect with you after listening to this. Where can we find you online? Yeah. So my website is simplifiedlifestylecoaching.com and I'm pretty active on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y-A-Z underscore coach. And on my website, I have a quiz. If your listeners want to find out if they're dealing with a blood sugar imbalance, you can find that quiz on my website. So I encourage them to take it just to see what the symptoms are and learn more. Great. So I will put um, your website in the show notes of the podcast, and then this will also be over on YouTube. So it'll be there as well. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us. It was a wealth of information and I enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you so much, Carrie. I was happy to be here. I appreciate it. Hopefully we'll connect soon.